Open your Bibles wherever you'd like. <laughs> I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. But let me tell you a funny first. Is that okay? This is called Pregnancy Questions and Answers. Question. Should I have a baby after 35? Answer. No, 35 children's enough. <laughs> Question. I'm two months pregnant now. When will my baby move? Answer. With any luck, right after he finishes college. <laughs> Question, what's the most reliable method to determine a baby's sex? Answer, childbirth. <laughs> it gets better here. Question, my, my wife is five months pregnant and so moody that, she, that sometimes she's borderline irrational. Answer, so what's your question? <laughs> That's funny, man. Question, my childbirth instructor says it's not pain I'll feel during labor, but pressure. Is she right? Answer, yes, in the same way that a tornado might be called an air current. <laughs> we, we, we took Lamaze classes before our first child was born, and, and all of Janice's uh, labor time was six hours or less. So you know the transition time was pretty intense. So we're right in the middle. We're right in the middle of Brian being born, and she said, "Yow!" She said, "That, that Lamaze instructor lied to us." <laughs> Question: When's the best time to get an epidural? Answer: Right after you find out you're pregnant. This is funny, man. I don't care who you are. This is funny. <laughs> uh, question, is there anything I should avoid while recovering from childbirth? Answer, yes, pregnancy. <laughs> Just two more here. These are funny. Qu question, do I, ha do, do I have to have a baby shower? Uh, not, if, not if you change the baby's diaper very quickly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Question, our baby was born last week. When will my wife begin to feel and act normal again? Answer, when the kids are in college. <laughs> that is greatness. All right, 1 Corinthians 11. I have a word for the River Rock Church family, and corporately but also individually. I want to speak, and the Lord wants to speak over you today and release to you life and health. Life and health. Life and health. Look at your neighbor say he's talking to you. Now, look at me say he's talking to me. Life and health. God has life and health for you. Um, and well, let's just read 1 Corinthians 11 verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. What's the unworthy manner that we can receive 
communion. It's just not discerning the Lord's body. And for this reason, what reason? Not discerning the Lord's body. Okay, many are weak and sick among you and many asleep. Now, what, why did he say? I mean, it's, it's so obvious as the big noses on my face. He's telling us here the, the reason why many in the body are sick or weak or, or have gone home to be with the Lord prematurely is because they've not discerned the Lord's body. Now, that's not a condemnation. And anyone that you know that's gone on to be with the Lord prematurely, I'm not judging them. I'm not saying they didn't have faith. I'm not saying, you know, any of that. I'm just telling you, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, all right? And he's saying he wants life and health to you, and he's telling you here that the reason why uh, if there's weakness or sickness or pain, uh, chronic pain or things in your body, uh, it's because uh, there's, you, it, you need to discern the Lord's body. That's the remedy, is that you and I see clearly the Lord's body. Now, we could talk about a lot of other things. See, I don't think that people uh, that go home early uh, are necessarily, that they're not in faith. I mean, because they can, they, they can get, to, you know, that maybe they go through a long time of suffering, pain, things, and they get tired, and then they get a vision of Jesus and get a vision of heaven, and they look at you, and they, pew, And so instead of being upset at the Lord about things you don't understand, because there's always things that we don't understand, right? Um, and, and here's wisdom for you, okay, that's helped me in my life because I've been walking with the Lord now since 1970. I was born again in 1973, filled with the Spirit in 1976, and we've been going, pursuing the Lord. And the thing that's kept me focused and not get off I mean Janice and I have followed God 100% never looked back never regret since 1976 and and it's I've keep my eyes on Jesus and not on men and I don't lean to this and people tell me Jesus is Lord and I listen to him for a little bit he's not he's your savior he's not your Lord this is your Lord because you've got to run everything through the screen of this little pea brain. And if you understand it, then you're okay. If you don't, you got a problem. Well, let me tell you something. you got a problem. And your problem is right here. Jesus isn't really Lord of your life. How many of you would like to know the first thing that's going to happen when you get to heaven? <laughs> Very first thing. Not, not enough hands up. How many of you want to know? Very first thing. Here's what's going to happen. Oh... Ah, you were good. You were right. You were fair. Even though it didn't seem like it. All we need is a little seamer adjustment. Come on, help me, guys. We need a little seamer adjustment here, okay? Because you're running every, you got to run everything through the screen of your understanding. You've got to understand it before you believe it. And I'm just going to stay in faith and believe God, even through stuff I don't understand. I'm going to commit to things I don't understand to the Lord. Most of it he'll clear up for me in this life. When I get, when I get to heaven, I promise you, it's going to all clear up. 
And so you might as well bow the knee now. Thank you, Jesus. So here he tells us that if we'll discern the Lord's body, we're, we're not going to be weak. We're not going to be sick. We're not going to die prematurely. How many of you think that's a good life? So that's what I want to talk to you about. And what is, what's involved with discerning the Lord's body? Um, there's three things that I know, and I'm going to share these three. I actually shared some of this at a, my message at a, Healing is Here uh, last year in August, but I've got more revelation on this now, and I want to impart that to you. So number one, uh, he says discern. Discern means to see and judge. It's to see and judge or make a, dis- make a distinction or a judgment in your mind. It's to see it clearly and judge in your mind. This is the truth and everything else is not. Okay, so if I'll, if I'll, see, the, if I'll see the Lord's body in these three dimensions, my sick days and broke days are over. And so are yours. So first of all, it's, it's a discerning the Lord's physical body that atoned for our sins okay atoned for our sins our sickness our peace of mind prosperity on the cross now i'm preaching to the choir here because you've been taught very well this okay uh but there there could be that there's someone here that doesn't have a revelation to this but even if even if everybody does because it's been preached okay there are people you're going to come in contact with that don't so you need to approach revelation like that. Even things you do have a revelation on, that there are other people that don't, and you need to hear it again because there's different ways that you can communicate these things that will help you in your ministry to others. So Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs, that word griefs is sicknesses. So and everybody say, Surely he's borne my sicknesses. And he carried our sorrows. That word in the Hebrew is pain. Say, and he carried my pains. Yet we we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, that's that's peace of mind. And I rarely hear anybody talk about that. That's that's in the atonement too. Anybody's got mental issues, mental problems, Jesus paid for this. You know, don't tell me the, okay, I'm not saying that, uh, they'll, they'll tell you they've got, um, oh, what, what is that, that they call it when they're, they got bipolar. And, they, and, and it's like, okay, so you like bipolar? You, you, you like bipolar? That's what I ask them. You, do you like bipolar? Well, no, I don't like bipolar. Well, stop identifying with it then. I'm not saying you might, your mind might give you trouble but Jesus paid the price for that. Did he not take thorns in his head? That was for you. So stop getting stuck like Chuck. In a, in a, and I'm not talking about Charles here, but I'm not. Stop getting stuck like Chuck in a time warp of your pain, identifying with a diagnosis that somebody, look, I'm identifying with this diagnosis. And Isaiah 53, 1 said, Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? In order to get, in order to have his report, which is greater than a doctor's report, be revealed to you and I, we have to believe his report above every other report. 
So I don't care if they tell you your kids have ADHD. Just say, nope, I call them PhDs. That's what I call my kids. I cancel out ADHD and I speak PhD over the top of them or whatever else God tells you. Guys, we need to stop letting what other what happened. I'm not denying the facts. I'm just denying facts to have final authority. That's and, and we have to discern the Lord's body. Why did he die? Why did he take this stuff on him? It wasn't for him. It was for you and me. So if he carried my pains and my sicknesses, why am I going to do it? If he bore my sins then I don't have to. Amen. And I'm everything he died to give me, I'm going to let him give me. But, but here, here's the problem, is we believe, or a lot of people believe, that in the atonement, that Jesus paid the price for our sins. And so how many of you have ever led anybody to the Lord? Okay. And how many of you ever led a bad dude to the Lord? How many of you ever led, led a bad dudette to the Lord? Okay, I mean, they were, they were bad people. Okay, did you ever question whether the Lord would forgive them and, and release righteousness to them because of their bad lifestyle? Did you ever question that for one moment? Why? Why? How did you, did you ever doubt that the Lord would save them if they came to him? Why? Because you believe. Because, because you discern the Lord's body that he took their sins in his body. That he, he paid the price. He carried it. You, you believe that, right? Yeah. But what happens with people when they come for healing? I know because my wife and I pastor for 27 years. We know people. And they're coming for healing and they have an eternal whine in their voice. Pastor, I don't know why God's not helping me. I've been prayed for by 500 people and 1,400 evangelists. And anyway, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But if, if people have that wine in their voice and then they're, they're coming, they're just hoping, they're wishing upon a star. I, maybe I'll come under the glory spout and somehow it'll happen. They're not coming to God for uh, healing like they do forgiveness of sins because they haven't discerned the Lord's body. Are you hearing me? And in Luke, Luke chapter 5, it makes it really clear about this. Luke chapter 5, and, you know, it's the, it's the uh, they brought the, this, they came to the house where Jesus was, and they couldn't get in, and, they, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. And so these four guys dropped this, opened up the ceiling, dropped these guy, this guy down that was paralyzed, and then, and then Jesus said, uh, man, your sins are forgiven you. Man, the Pharisees freaked out. See, they, they believed God could heal back then, but they didn't believe God could for, that, that, uh, that anybody could forgive sins especially a man. And, 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 but they didn't have a problem with healing. They had a problem with forgiveness of sins. Today, we don't have a problem with forgiveness of sins. We have a problem, but we, well, is God really going to heal? And, and then 
And then Jesus asked a question, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Verse 22, verse 23 of Luke 5. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, take up your bed and walk. So, but this question that Jesus asked, the answer, the correct answer to that question will determine where people are and what they really believe. Because, uh, and that's a question you can, when you're ministering to people, ask them to, to find out if they're really discerning the Lord's body correctly about healing. And just ask them, which one's easier? Which one do you think is easier? For God to forgive sins or for God to heal sicknesses? Which, one, which one's easier? How many of y'all, no trick question here, how many of you how many believe it's easier for God to forgive sins? Okay, how many of you believe it's easier for God to heal people? Okay, and so here's the, here's the correct answer. Uh, which one's easier? Neither one. Why? Because the same sacrifice paid for both, and if you discern that properly, then you'll come to the Lord when you need healing, you'll come to the Lord on the same confidence that He could forgive your sins, remit your sins, that He would heal your body. Amen? Amen. Now, I, I share that with you. I know most of you have a revelation of that. But there's a lot of people out there that don't. And when you minister to people, take them to these verses. And I'm telling you, they'll, they'll be healed. You can get people healed. Amen? Amen? If you see that, see, you've got to discern the Lord's body. And, and, that, and there's still some folks that, well, yeah, Jesus did. He forgave all the sins. But I'm just not sure. I'm not sure about, you know, somebody that's in a coma. I'm just not sure about, you know, stage four cancer. Well, what if they would? Have, what if they give you a stage fourteen? <laughs> that that that's certainly outside of what Jesus can do, right? Is there any diagnosis? Jesus took thirty-nine stripes on his back that covers every sickness and every disease, guys. Now I don't care what the diagnosis is. Well, it's just a bigger miracle. I believe, it, look, if we'll exalt the truth above the facts and hold on to the truth, the truth will win out. But, but you, we've got to see that. We have to see it in order to receive it. You, you, and God, help me to see it. If you don't see it, Lord, help me to see it. I'm not coming to the Lord anymore like I'm, for healing like I'm going to a loan officer for an unsecured loan. That's exactly what happens to people. They're coming to God for healing. Any of you ever gone to a loan officer and you didn't have the full amount? I mean, they want, they want the same amount of money in your bank account as you want to borrow. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't come to you if I, if I had it in my bank. <laughs> Give me an ignorant break. I've, anyway... But have you ever gone to a loan officer and you weren't sure you were going to get the loan? Okay, that's exactly the way many people are approaching healing. They're not sure if they're, if they're going to get it. Why? Because they, don't discern, they haven't discerned yet the Lord's body. His physical body where he took their, their sicknesses and their pains. And you're going to, you can help people with that. Number two, and I'm not going to focus on this that much either but it's important 
just, just for, uh, well, I mean, somebody needs it today, I know. And that's discerning the Lord's spiritual body on earth today. Look at your neighbor across the aisle and across next, sitting next to you. Um, that we're, that's what we're talking about, discerning the Lord's spiritual body on earth today. We are the body of Christ, correct? Amen. Are we now the body of Christ on earth? Amen. Are we not his hands and feet? Yeah. Are we not his voice? Yeah. Are, do, do we not, are we not his re- ambassadors yeah. and represent him? And here's the problem is there are many people that don't discern properly the Lord's body on earth. And how do, I, how do we know? Look, if you look in context in, in 1 Corinthians 11, 29, if you back up to verse 17, he, he, he gives you the context. He said, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better but for the worse. Is it possible to come together for the worse? Yeah. And how? For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions. Everybody say divisions. divisions. That means strife arguments, adversarial relationships among you, and in part I believe it, for there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized by you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper, for in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of the others, and one is hungry, another is drunk. What do you... (laughs) This is quite a church, isn't it? What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? Uh, What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? This, I do do not praise you in this. What's he he saying here? They're they're tolerating factions and cliques and and people that have money and those that don't. And that one one group brings their, their food and they eat it in front of everybody else and other people are hungry they're allowing, they're allowing division, strife, all that. Do you understand, guys? That's not discerning the Lord's spiritual body. Yeah. You understand? It's not. And why is that important? Okay, if you don't do this perfectly, if you don't discern the Lord's body perfectly, is God holding healing back from you? No. no. But what does Andrew Womack mean when he says, don't let that devil eat your lunch and pop the bag. What does he mean by that when he says that? What does he mean? Anybody have an idea? Don't give place to the enemy. Look at 2 Corinthians. You're in 1 Corinthians. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 10. Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. So what's he talking about here? Forgiveness. And the person that they were forgiven or weren't willing to forgive was the guy that was living with his stepmom, which was pretty egregious, right? But he, had, but he broke that off. And now he's repented, and they haven't forgiven him. And, and, and Paul says, For indeed I've forgiven anything. I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, lest Satan should take advantage of us. For we're not ignorant of his devices. How does Satan take advantage of us? when we, we refuse to forgive. Now, look, I understand forgiveness is not synonymous with trust. If I, if I hired you to be my bookkeeper and my uh, treasurer of my ministry uh, and you stole money from me, I may not call the police on you, and I, but I will forgive you, uh, but you're not counting the money next week. 
I don't trust your flesh any further than I can throw it. So trust is not synonymous with forgiveness. Are you hearing me? But I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let, I'm going to let it go. Why? Because I know I'm discerning the Lord's body. How did, how, did, how did the Lord forgive us? We're supposed to forgive one another even as God in Christ's sake, for Christ's sake, forgave us. How did God forgive us? While we were, Romans 5, 8, while we were yet, while we were yet, and while we were yet sinners and sinning, Christ died for us. How do we forgive others? While they're, yet sinners and sinning against us. You watch Frozen and let it go, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, that's easy enough for you to say. You don't know what they did to me. Uh, maybe I don't. I, could, I, I, I would, if I was a betting man, I used to be. I, I used to win a lot of money. Betting, I was good at it, but I don't do it. I don't do that anymore. That was BC. I made a lot of money while I was at a center. You better be careful, John. You. I can go find out about you before while you were yet a sinner. <laughs> anyway, so how did I get off on that? What was I talking about? I just what? Oh yeah, if I was a betting man, okay. I if I was a betting man, I would uh, I would go bet, right? <laughs> no, I, if I was a betting man, I would. It was like I could compare my war wounds with 90%, I'd beat 90% of you. But even if I don't know what someone did to you, even if, I, if, even if I couldn't compare mine to yours, here's the real issue with, with forgiveness and why you're struggling with forgiving. Anybody that's struggling with forgiving. And, and, and if you're struggling with forgiveness, it's because you haven't discerned the Lord's body. You're, when you're saying, you don't know what that person did to me. No, you don't know what Jesus did for you. Yeah. See, if you want to get free from unforgiveness, you have to value, you have to value the cross Amen. greater than your pain and loss. Yes. If you're struggling for, for, with forgiveness, don't, don't talk to me about, I mean, I can tell you stories about being fired unrighteously and being, you know, people lying about me and all kinds of things but the I don't have the smell of smoke on me because I, I've discerned the Lord's body and, and, we, and we, we ended up giving money and giving stuff to people that you know split our church and uh, my worship leader took a third of my congregation and went down and started another church in the same town and, I, and uh, I was Lord my worship leader took a third of my congregation you know of course it's not mine anyway right and then the Lord said, well, you're in good company, son. My worship leader took a third of my congregation, too. <laughs> Just kind of a little perspective there, right? But guys, look, here's the deal. Here, you know, and I want to move on to the, the other point. I mean, to the last point, because that's what I want to focus on. But if Hebrews 12, 15, you just have to read it. 
if if we allow if we allow a root of bitterness to come into us because we we choose not to forgive, we're going to fall short of the grace of God. Uh, we're we're going to uh, it's going to cause us trouble and it's going to trouble others. How many of you want to fall short of the grace of God? I don't. And guys, again, God's not holding back on us, but you know, Mark eleven twenty five is in the Bible. And you like Mark 11, 23 and 24 where you speak and your mountain's removed and if you pray anything you believe and don't doubt in your heart, you'll receive. But Mark eleven twenty five says, when you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive. And, and I'm, talking about, I'm talking about big amounts of money. I mean, I mean I'm talking about we've, we've let thousands of dollars go. In fact, we were talking last night with Michael and Kelly about an instance in a family situation where it was it was uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but in, you know you try to reconcile, you try to work it out, and and you can't work it out. The only thing you, the only thing you have left to do is sue them, but they're family members. So how's that going to go at Thanksgiving, Christmas? And then and then Jesus said, think about this. Jesus said that um, if a man gains the whole world. And loses his soul. What's that going to get you? So what is what is he doing? He's valuing one soul over over the entire world. So what's your ten thousand or hundred thousand or whatever in one soul? I just you know we just choose the souls. And then and then I've read Second Chronicles twenty five nine, where King Amaziah, the king of Judah, uh, hired the children of Israel who were not serving God to try to help him. And the man of God said, don't hire them or you're going to lose this battle. And then King Amaziah came back, well, I've already hired him. What about the money? In 2 Chronicles 25.9, this is for somebody here today. What about the money? What about the loss? He said, God's able to give you much more than this. Right. And so you just watch Frozen. <laughs> and then, But look, here's the thing. If you'll take that loss as a seed and plant it into that person's life, then it will go into your future and God will multiply it. Amen? But now, let me, before I move to the next point, let me just talk about this. Unforgiveness and strife in your relationships can hinder your prayers. Did you know that? Did you know that's in the Bible too? New Testament? Especially in your marriage relationship. And if you're tolerating an adversarial relationship with your mate, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stop you. It's going to hinder your prayers. When we, when we were pastoring, we had three times in 24 years that we had a financial downturn. Two of those times, we started seeking the Lord. There was strife in my leadership. See, but we weren't discerning the Lord's body properly. If you're struggling in your marriage financially or with healing or something else, you need to check your heart towards your mate. Because 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of this life, that your prayers be not hindered. Is it possible for your prayers to be hindered? Is God hindering them? No. no. You know what? We're not. We're failing to discern the Lord's body. 
You're more concerned about being right than walking in love. You can be right or you can be happy. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of wisdom right there. But no, we tolerate this stuff, guys. And when we tolerate this, we're not we're tolerating the right to not forgive. And hold it against them because they're they always do this and they always do that. And you know, listen, God, you're judging, you're not forgiving, you're not discerning the Lord's body. And, and you're giving place to the enemy. God's not holding out on you. God will get healing to you, but then the then the devil comes and snatches it from you. Sila. Okay. That was good. I'm trying to move to this last point. And this is the word, guys. I said, this is the word. We can't, we can't tolerate unforgiveness in our hearts. Toward it, toward, especially toward our mates or our children or one another in the body. This, the, we're, this is the body of Christ. And, and this is the reason why, this is the reason why, they, I already showed you, that gives the enemy advantage to eat our lunch and pop the bag. And, and you say, you just don't know what I'm, you don't know what I live with. No, you just don't know what Jesus did for you. Forgive, it doesn't mean you don't make get counsel or whatever you need to do to you know, get that thing fixed. But I can tell you one thing's not going to help is you hold grudge in your heart. You hold that offense in your heart. And you tolerate that and it's going it's to it's hinder your prayers. And you're blaming your mate or you're blaming your child and it's on you. Thank you, Pastor Greg. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me go to the last point here. Um, this is the best one, in my mind at least, because it's really revelation to me. It's discerning that you are a part of the Lord's body. Amen. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are. So everybody say, you means me. You, means me. you are the body of Christ and members individually. Are you part of the body of Christ? Yes. Are you a member of the body of Christ? Yes. Do you see that? Do you see that? Because the body of Christ, if you're part of the body of Christ, and you and I are members of his body, his body is not sick. When he walked the earth, he was not sick. Yes? Do you see that? You are part of the body of Christ. No, I'm not sure you do. But but we're going to try to help you see it. Okay. Genesis 2-7. Look at Genesis 2-7. And I and I want to I sh, I sh, I've shared this before, uh, but but I've got more revelation on it right now. Genesis two seven. Say I am Christ's body, and I need to discern that. I need to see that. I need to judge that. And how He walked the earth, free from sickness, is how I choose to walk the earth, because I'm part of His body. See, how can we represent him 
if our bodies are full of sickness and disease. And I'm not saying any condemnation, if we're, if, but I'm just saying we don't need to tolerate, the same way we don't need to tolerate unforgiveness, we don't need to tolerate sickness and disease in our bodies. If we see that, we'll be free from that. Genesis 2, 7. And the Lord God formed the man, formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Okay, he didn't just, when God created Adam, he formed his body from the dust of the earth, but then he breathed into him the breath of life. He, he didn't just make him alive. He imparted to Adam his life, his very life. He gave, Adam had God's life. How many of you agree with that? Okay, now when Adam sinned, he said, in the day you sin, you're going to what? You're going to die. What part of Adam sinned when he died, when, uh, when he sinned? His spirit. Okay, but now listen to this. So did he have God's life? Okay, God breathed in him. He had that life. He had so much residue after he sinned. And his spirit died. He had so much residue of the life of God in him. It took 930 years for that dude to die. (laughs) He had so much life in him, death couldn't get on him. Sickness couldn't get on him. And he was dead in his spirit. But he had life, so much residue of that life, 930 years, guys. Are you hearing me? It gets better, gets gooder. John... John 1, look at John 1. John 1, this is talking about Jesus. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who's that? Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. Who, who's He talking about? Jesus. In Him was what? Life. In Jesus was what? And that life was the light of men. So in Jesus, in him was life. And that life in Jesus was the same life that Adam had. He had that life in him. Yes? And then, and then look at Romans chapter 8. This is, this is a verse when Barry Bennett was going through uh, his cancer battle. I, Janice spent time with Betty Kay and I've spent a lot of time with Barry and and I just said, Barry, what, what verses are you standing on? And Romans 8, 2, I didn't have a revelation on this one, but Barry did. Romans 8, 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, was there life in Christ Jesus? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of what? The law of sin and death. Okay, life has dominion over death, just like light has dominion over darkness. How do you get rid of darkness? Turn on the light. Can darkness, can, could darkness just come in here just automatically? No. We'd have to turn off the light. If you keep the light on, the darkness is gone. Well, it, life is greater than that. The way you cancel death out is release life. Okay? And sin produced death, and death produced sickness. True? Jesus, God, produced life, and life produces health. Are you, are, you, are you following me? And our freedom from sickness and death 
comes from life. And all we got to do is turn on the light. We get, if we got a revelation of this and see and discern that that life that was in Jesus is in you and me, our, our, our sick days are, bro- are over, guys. If we see that, why? Because, because the spirit of life in Christ Jesus frees me from the spirit of the law of, of sin and death. And what is it that, what is it that, what, what does sin produce? Death. What does death produce? Sickness. You get rid of, you get rid of sin and death, you got rid of sickness. And what is it that gets rid of that? Everybody say life. life. Now, now let me show you something. You, you may not have seen this. This is, this is, this is powerful. See, this is why Jesus wasn't sick. Because he had life in him. Right? And so that's how he could... Did you ever wonder, how Jesus, how could you pray, lay hands on a leper? I'm not doing that. You understand? I mean, in the natural. How do you lay hands on leprosy? Because he had this, he saw it. He said, the life in me is greater than the death that's in the leprosy. The death doesn't get on, the death doesn't get on life any more than darkness gets on light. The light rids the darkness, the life rids the death. Are you hearing me? And so he, he he just went around with life zapping death. Bzz, 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 bzz. How many of you ever had one of those bug zappers? Now, you know, in Colorado you don't, but in Texas you have bug zappers. And my grandchildren, they used to love to get those bug zappers that, was, that were back in my, in my back porch. And they'd grab them and say, Pop, Pop, I want to. And, they, and they'd go chasing after the bugs. Bzz, 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 bzz. Well, guys, we got life on the inside of us. We got, we got cancer zapping life. We got pain zapping life. Do, can you see it? Yes. Do you discern it? Yes. Have you decided that? Yes. This is powerful. Yes. This is powerful. Yes. The life in Jesus got on sickness and zapped it dead. Yes. Sickness, which is incipient death or a child of death, couldn't get on Jesus because the life in him was greater than the sickness and the death that Adam's sin produced. Now, look at this, John 10.10. 10. This is, this is so good. off the charts good here. This is, this is worth the price of admission today. Right here. John 10, 10. The thief doesn't come but to steal, kill, and destroy. What does the devil come to do? Okay, now, so why, this is Jesus talking. Why, Jeremy, would he tell us about what the thief is going to do and him not give us the remedy? He's just telling us, look, Here's what the enemy's trying to do. Now, I'm going to tell you, here's the remedy to what the enemy's going to do. Look at it. He said, but, he said, no, he said, he's come to kill, steal, destroy. I have come. What did you come to do, Jesus? That they might have what? Life. That they might have what? And, and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, I, for years, I've read this. For years, I've read this, that Jesus came to give us an abundant life. And he has. Okay, you can find a lot of other verses, you know, uh, Romans 8, 32, that, you know, that he took everything for us and he'll freely give us everything else. But, but that's not what this verse says. This verse does not say Jesus came 
to give us an abundant life. This verse says, look at, read it yourself. I have come that you might have the same life that was in Adam, the same life that was in me. I have come that you might have my life and have my life more abundantly. In other words, the life that's in your spirit, I don't want it just in, residing in your spirit. I want it zapping sickness. I want it, I want it permeating, permeating, saturating every part of your being so that sickness can't live there. And look, if, if, Adam, if Adam could live 930 years in spirit dead, and he's got life in his body, then what can, it, what can his life in you do today? This is powerful, guys. See, see, see and in the context here, he's saying, look, everything the devil's doing is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Here's my remedy for that. I'm giving you my life. And just in case you wonder about it, I'm giving it to you abundantly. It's going to saturate every part, just like it did Adam, just like it did with me where it allowed me to lay hands on, on, on lepers and, 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 and the life in me was stronger than the death in them. Are you hearing me? Yeah. All right, just in case you still are wondering if this is true, look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, how many of you uh, dwells in you? How many of you have the spirit of him? Yes. See, uh, it's Christ in you, right? Amen. It's Christ in you by his spirit. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, is that true? Yes. And it raised, and that life actually, that life was what raised Jesus from the dead. Look at it. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give what? Life. He'll also give what? Life. Look at it. He'll give what? Life. To what? Life. His life is in you in abundance, my brother and sister. It permeates and saturates every cell of our beings, our bodies included. And here, I didn't, I didn't write this. He said... That, if, that spirit, if the Spirit of Christ dwells in you, that life is, is manifesting in your mortal bodies. It's zapping pain. It's zapping death. It's zapping sickness. It's zapping cancer cells. It's, it's destroying the works of the enemy. John 10, 10, the thief's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But here's the, here's the issue. I gave you my life to zap that stuff, to counteract that stuff. Just like light removes darkness, life removes death, and everything that death produces. You, and you have that in you in abundance. Okay, listen, guys, here's the deal. Do you see it? Do you discern that? That's why many people are sick. They don't see it. They don't see that light. Can you just imagine that the, this word is true. Can you imagine that the very life that was in Jesus, I'm not making this up. This was really how Jesus operated. This is how he, this is how he could lay hands on a leper. This is how sickness never got on him because he saw it. 
he had that life in him and he knew life was greater than death and greater than sickness and greater than pain. Here's the question. Do you know it? Do you know that? And I'm telling if you'll meditate on this, guys, if you'll see yourself like this, the, the very same thing that happened with Jesus will happen with you. Amen. Meditate on this image. Discern yourself as part of the Christ's body and, and where his life saturates every cell of your body, driving all sickness and pain out. Now, two more verses and I'm done. Is this okay? Yes. John 6, 63. His words are spirit and... His words are spirit and life. What are they? They're spirit and life. So I want to, there's a lot I have to say more about. And you can read it yourself, but there's a lot, there's other ways that we can release life. But look at Pro, uh, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, and I'm done. My son, give attention to my, wor my words. His words what? They're life. Attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are what? Life. They're, they're what? Life. And to those that find them, and then what? Life. What comes first? Life. What comes after hit life? Health. What comes first? Life. What comes after life? Health. Just as death produces sickness, life produces health. And his words, guys, are life and health to all your flesh, drives out sickness, drives out death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you free from sin and death Amen. and the sickness that death produces. All right, who needs healing in your body right now? You've either got pain, sickness, something. Okay, just stand up. I want to, we just want to release that life and then produce that health. The real issue is, though, guys, do you see it? Okay, and look, it's okay. At first, this was a mental thing. I mentally assented to it. I didn't see it, but I said, God, make this real to me, and I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it, and wherever I see it, it's, it's seriously, it, the, the life in me zaps death and sickness. It just cancels it out. It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. That's how Jesus operated, and, and that's how you and I can operate. Uh, just lift your hands and just, Father, help me to see this. Help me to, help me to discern that my body, Lord, has your life in it, uh, in abundance. My, you've given me your life, Lord. Just tell him, you've given me your life, Lord, that cancels out sickness and disease. In Jesus' name. Just say this with me, Lord, the life in me that you've given me is abundant. It's saturating my very being. It's far greater than any sickness, any pain, any other symptom of death. And, 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 and it, it, is, it defeats death. It destroys sickness. It destroys pain. I receive, Lord, this revelation in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I'm releasing right now life in this place. A, a, a discerning, Father, a seeing, a vision that, that your life abides in us. You gave us your life, Lord, and that's the remedy to the enemy coming and stealing from us. And we've got it. 
We've got it. Father, I thank you for making it real. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, your, brother, your brothers and sisters are standing. Those of you that are there around them, you know, you have life in you. And so just let, let's get up and lay our hands on them. Can we do that? Those of that are standing, let's just release that life. Father, we release life. We release health. We, we cancel out sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. Father, we, we, we command every lying symptom of the enemy to go because of life. We release that life, and that life produces health. That life zaps pain and sickness and, and cancer and every, every evil thing of the enemy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's the healing power of God, guys. Right now, cancer cells are dying. Pain is leaving bodies. In the name of Jesus, um, uh, in, uh, bladder infections and kidney infection, infections are leaving. Uh, blood disorders are leaving. Heart arrhythmia is being healed, is being set whole. Uh, diabetes is being healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Ear infections. Glaucoma is being healed. There's the life of God that's zapping glaucoma in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your power. There's, there's pain leaving, pain, all kinds of pain, pain in the joints, pain in your feet, all kinds, of pain, all kinds of pain, back pain is leaving because of that life in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Now let's just lift our hands and thank him, Father. I, I receive, Lord, the discerning of the Lord's body that I am I have life and have it abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. As Greg was teaching this morning about the life of God in us, the Lord reminded me of Psalms 27:13. I would have lost heart if I had not believed in the goodness of God in the land of the living. Don't lose heart. Remember the life. Amen. Morning. Isaiah 61, 3 says, To point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them one, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness and I just feel like God is making us trees of righteousness strong trees of righteousness where things in the past that would have broken us down beaten us down but now as a result of us being matured in Christ we meditate that beautiful picture that anointed picture that praiseworthy picture, that seed of the word, the incorruptible seed of God, we meditate it, we incubate it, and he grows, he's growing us into trees of righteousness. Amen.